Be the best coach you can be. Welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm the head coach, Dave Clark, bringing you hints and tips from the soccer community. My guest on the podcast this week is Duncan Ryan. He's on the technical subcommittee of Football Coaches Australia and is technical director of a number of football clubs over there. Hello, Duncan. It's really great to have you here on the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. Uh, great to see you, Dave. Lovely to see you again, mate. Yeah, well, um, uh, it's great because we've, we've both come, uh, you've come from Australia and I've come in from England. We've, we're, we're, we're meeting here at the uh, convention in Baltimore. So, uh, what is it? So, you've come from, this, from Australia. What is it that's personally that's brought you here? I know that, that coaching has, but what, what is it you, you get out of coming to something like this? Oh, coming to places like this, you, you're, you're meeting uh, your peers and uh, just just networking, getting in, getting to know people, learn little things all the time. Want to learn things. I I'm here with a bit of a purpose this year as well to try and uh, form some bridges, build some bridges between the coaching association and newly formed coaching association in Australia called Football Coaches Australia and United Coaches. So we're doing some work with that and finding people who'd be interested in coming over to Australia to do some coach education programs and stuff like that and people like yourself who can help coaches in Australia. Oh yeah, that's really great because you're um so you're you you're a direct you're running the thing, you're director of coaching, aren't you? So I'm on a, a technical subcommittee with the National National Coaches Association, so we're looking at anything we can do to help coaches get their, their professional development points up to maintain their licences and also looking for holes in the education programmes and that there where we can fill in gaps and, and help the game develop in Australia. So what do you, so as director of coaching are you putting in a, a system that the coaches will follow like a, a, a way of playing? They, they already have this in Australia I, and it's caused a few issues that was written by a lot of Dutch coaches when uh, Gus Hiddink was the national coach and they, they developed a curriculum in Australia and they suggested playing the 4-3-3 system, the Dutch system and people have taken it lit- literally that they have to play 4-3-3 so when they do their badges they all say oh, we have to do 4-3-3 for their assessments and that and it's not the case so it's all going to be getting changed, it's all, there's a lot of stuff being changed, the curriculum's being rewritten, the part of it's been, parts, of, parts of it have been rewritten and uh, hopefully we're going to help coaches to learn to not be robots and not all play the system and to develop their own styles depending on what they've got on the pitch and, and uh, what's available to them, you know, the skill levels available to them and let people, let them be people, let them, let them decide for themselves. I don't, I don't believe in telling people it has to be like this, it has to be like that. I, at my club, I, we like, if the senior team plays, a, if they play 3-5-2, we like the reserves to play 3-5-2, and maybe the under-18s uh, and so on uh, will play the same, because if a player moves up the system, they might not know the players around them too well, but they know the system. Uh, so that will be set by the, not by the director of coaching, but by the senior coach who makes his mind up on that. The shape, the shape's just the shape. That's that's a starting position. You know what you do. The patterns of play within the shape can vary. So that's down to the individual coaches. Right. Sure. And do you? Um, I assume you have uh, all different. Eight, you work up the, from under under six or something yeah. like that, all yeah. the way up to under eighteen with that. Yeah, we've got a 
four and five, six year olds in a skills acquisition program. Uh, so we've got a lot of them, and then we've got uh, teams from under seven, under eight, under nine, right up to we've got an under uh, under twenty ones this year, an under twenty side, sorry, this year, and then an, a seniors and reserves adults team. But we're, we've got twenty nine teams, and we're there's uh, fifty fifty men and women, so we've got a huge contingent of women. We're one of one of the biggest girls' sides in the in the area in our area in Melbourne. So. Oh, brilliant. And what does, um, so in the skills acquisition, I assume that is, uh, is that run by the coaches and the, to basically bring the, the, those, uh, that age group uh, to develop them so that when they move into, what, seven and eight, they are, they can play in teams. I mean, are they playing in teams at under? Uh, we're not, they don't play in teams. Uh, at that age, we play little games at the end and it's about having a bit of fun. But 100% right, we want to prep them for playing team sport we want to get them skills be able to stop a ball pass a ball control a ball and but more, more than anything have, have fun doing it but if we can get their skills up to speed before they step onto the pitch and anger so to speak uh, then that's that's what the role is and I'm, I'm, I'm quite new to the club I'm at the moment so I didn't have any input into this this last year uh, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be writing the whole programme for them I'll be doing the whole programme for them this year Oh, wow, that's brilliant! Yeah, and does that is that um, so? When you when you're here watching, say the sessions, we're going to lectures. Is that education kind of side of it something that you take back with you? I I learn that like, like any good coach, we'll we'll look at sessions, we we'll look at stuff other people do, and we might think that's a great session. I love that little bit of that. Similar to what I do, so I might take a bit of that session, add it into mine, or I might throw my session away and keep a little bit of mine and add it into that one and, and that's, that's, how you, that's how you learn to coach, that's how you coach, you adapt, you change you, and you, you never stop learning, you should never stop learning, you should always look to learn, uh, reading stuff, watching stuff, uh, publications like your own which are great for learning on, uh, you just keep learning all the time and, and adapting. Yeah, I was um, I was talking fair enough to Dan Abraham, the uh, the, the sports uh, psychology uh, guy, and because he did a, a a lecture here, and we were talking about uh, motivation and how it's one of the really difficult uh, parts of when when you're director of coaching. How how do you uh, not not monitor, but how do you go about looking at the motivation that the coaches have with the children in their teams? The coaches should be self-motivated, but it can be tough for them, especially if they lose a few games in a row. And winning's not everything. I, and as everyone will tell you, it should be about development, development. But a consequence of development is winning. You know, and we, we like the, we like to, everybody likes to win. The kids like to win. I, you can't tell a kid no, you're developing. I, if they're getting spanked ten 0 every week, and they, they can't see a development there. So we just do what we can to pick the heads up of the coaches, keep them. I'll go and join in sessions with them. We'll go in the field with them, and and it's great about the club because every kid knows who I am, and they're always high dunking. You know, I, I've got a little rule that don't pass me without hitting me. You know, so everywhere I go, I get little high fives everywhere, and I and it's just about picking the heads of the coaches up. And if I need to go and have a sit down with them and uh, see what they need, if they, I, I catch. Almost every home game and every week, every in our way, I try and catch a couple of away games. Because when the club play at home, we're all at home uh, right. over a weekend. But I, I don't catch all the away games; I only catch one or two. So I can watch the games and I might suggest a session to them or go and help them. And you know, I'll walk around the kids and be telling them, 
they played really well and unfortunately about the result and you just you just got to reinforce what they're doing and, and keep their head up and let them know they're doing the right things especially when they are doing the right things you know yeah sure sure yeah funnily enough i was talking to uh, a guy yesterday about uh, the goalkeepers and uh, how you motivate because you know say, say you, you know you've lost the game seven or eight one and even though the goalie's stopped it being something like 21 everyone's still and, and, and he's the one that everyone turns around and says oh you know you you know you're letting seven goals how do you do you have a, a, a different do, do you actually have goalkeeper coaches and do, do you have a different philosophy with them yeah we, we've got a, we've got a goalkeeper coach and I tell you, finding goalkeepers, goalkeepers and goal scorers <laughs> are almost impossible to find. Yeah. But I, it's never a keeper's fault. There's ten players in front of that goalkeeper that could stop the ball before it gets to him. So it's never a goalkeeper's fault. You know, if he, if he makes a mistake and gets punished, it's the position he's in. So we we make sure the whole team get round the keepers all the time and and work for the keepers, help the keepers get in front of the shots, get their arm around the keepers when they need to. And you know, it's it's a, it's a whole team effort to keep it keep the keepers engaged because if, especially if you're all over a team and they have a breakaway it's hard for little kid keepers who have got nothing to do for 90 minutes and then they, they can see the goal yeah, you know, so yeah. these kind of things as well it's really really hard to keep keepers engaged in the game uh, so it's, it's about the coaches keeping talking to them and that as well I uh, everyone's got different methods you know it's uh, we've got little things we get the keeper to be involved in the game where we do a lot of work. I do a lot of work in explaining to keepers how, when the ball's up, right up the other penalty to push halfway up towards the halfway line, sure, so yeah. they're they're closer to the game, so they can see, it, so they can talk to defenders yeah. and 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 keep the information coming all the way for the back. So we try and keep them involved verbally in the game yeah. as well. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, communication is uh, <clears throat> one of those really key things, isn't it, for for the team? So you, they, it's really say you look at like, in the Premier League now with uh, the teams at the top, your goalie suddenly becomes uh, a totally different player to what he has been, and communication throughout that, especially when they're playing out from the back. Um, do you, do you find communication uh, is something that you have to talk to uh, your coaches about, or is that something that they would? They would they would create within the team. Well, I, I think communication is singularly the most important part of the game, and teaching kids to talk is the hardest thing for a coach to do. So uh, we, we we play games where we might give a free kick in training. If if, if someone's if, if they make three passes and there's no talking, no one calling for it. Every third pass they make, if there's no talk, it's a free kick. So we make the kids talk, you know, and we we try. Talking builds confidence. If you're talking, it means you're involved. It means you're, you're confident. If you make a mistake, you go quiet. You don't want to say anything. You don't want anybody to talk to you. Your head's down. So it can help pick your heads up. And but you tell me, Dave, what? How do you make people talk? It is so important in the game, and so hard to teach. So. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Because I mean, I've watched. Uh a lot of sessions uh, here uh, in the convention uh, on the field demo pictures and the one thing that you notice is that um, that basically probably because of how it's set up and because they're 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 showing uh, a lot of people watching what to do but the communicate there's no there's never any uh, communicate the, the the kids are passing the ball and they're doing what the coach is talking about but it's very difficult uh, within that environment and I think that's when when you go in training, it, it, it's kind of a lot easier to see and a lot easier for them to, to do it because they, there's no focus on them. But suddenly they get into a match, and um, they they do find that it's it's difficult to talk. I, I've, 
watched uh, some some of the sessions can be a bit plastic here uh, because the kids are almost scared. I watched Willie McNabb from Celtic doing a session, fantastic coach. But he's talking and he's talking on the mic to the coaches around that are watching it. He tells the kids what to do and the kids don't speak to each other. They don't say, oh, go there and go there. And they help each other in sessions. When you're in a session at a club, the kids are talking, they're saying, yeah, yeah, go there, go there, do this, do that. They don't help each other, they're all scared to talk. So the sessions, and, and you've got to remember here, the coaches don't know the kids. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the United coaches and wherever you go to these kind of things, they bring kids in to, for the coaches to coach. So it can be hard, the coaches don't know the kids' names, they don't know what kids to, can do what. So to, to a degree, they're all, they're all new to each other, and to a degree it could be a nightmare for They could come in and the session would be too hard for kids. So the communication with the yeah. coach is very important to get it across sharp, short and sharp. If they talk for too long, the kids will not be interested. But then when they send them out there to do something, you can see when the drills start, the kids, some of the kids are not sure, not paid too much attention and, and they get it wrong. You know, so they set, and the coach has only got an hour to do all the drills that he wants to do. So it can be tough for everybody. But when you're training at your club, it's a communication you expect to get. And I tell the kids, I want you to talk to each other, help the guy if you're in, if we're doing a drill where we're passing uh, through a system, I've got two or three guys at a cone waiting to move. Yeah help them talk to the guy in front of you because if they've not especially when you're in Australia you've got someone like me coaching who's got a strong accent the kids don't always pick it up so the kids that do pick up help point talk point all the time yeah so it's uh, uh, communication mate communication yeah that's good we do we have this little game uh, for the younger age groups which we call the conductor where we have say we play a 3v3 but we have a player at the back and he shouts that where he thinks the player should go so he's shouting you know their name and say john go right or and and it, it kind of helps them to uh to talk to each other but even 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 after we we play games and they're all talking, shouting, calling names, you can put it into the the four v four as a normal game, and suddenly it stops. And the encouragement that they need, uh, it's quite, it's, it, it, you know, it, it's it, it's big, isn't it? You, like you just push, 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 and try and get them to understand that. Yeah, we uh, we, we we do a, 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 I play some games with teams I coach, and we put three conditions on a game and. I, I, I think one of the one of the I think personally the best way you can coach a kid the fastest way to learn is self recognition. So we put three conditions on a game. We just play football. Uh, we might say pass and pass or protect. So you can't just kick the ball into a space and hope your team get it. If you're under pressure, you need to, pr to protect the ball, turn back, look for a pass. Uh, but we also one of the rules we put in at times is we'll say you have to talk. So if we got two guys coming one channel. Whoever comes in at the back has to tell the guy at the front to move, right, or the guy sure. at the front has to tell him to move. So whoever was second into the channel, we would we would tell them, we would call them off. So if a player does something wrong, we substitute him. We have a couple of guys outside, we substitute him. We bring him off. We say, why did I bring you off? I would say, oh, I just kicked the ball in the space, or I gave the ball away. You know that's right. So self recognition. We say, why did you come off? He says, oh, I came in behind that player and I didn't tell him to move. Uh, so yeah. it's one thing, to, one thing to get them and become aware of spaces they're moving into and they talk to players, you know, vacate the space so I can come in there, uh, you know, so it's, it's communicating yeah. and it's anything again that can help to yeah, learn that's that. And that um, and that, uh, that that goes back to, to when the goalie's playing the ball out or whatever the goalkeeper we try and get them to to uh, it, one one of the difficult things with goalkeepers is because there's so much that they they have to do and it's really hard just at the younger age groups just just to get them to pick the ball up yeah. but then you've got to say okay pick the ball up look call the name 
So there's a lot. There's a lot for for. Um, I, to I try and work with the keepers, and I, I tell the keepers that we've got a corner. Organise, organise while the corners, because we can keep them in there. You know, if we're organised, if we've got the, the, the most teams only keep one player up. If we've got a player in front and behind him, so there's no outlet for them. It means the ball's going back in. If they head it out, it's going back in. We're getting it, but we, we do what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. But that comes to the keeper. All these set, set plays and that comes from the keeper. Be organised. You be on top of things because you don't want the people to people attack you. Do your job there, and you've got less to do in your in your goal goal area. Yeah, so brilliant. Communication again, mate. If we can get that, if we can get them talking and organising, everyone's a captain on the park, especially yeah. keepers. They've got to protect their own space. So. Yeah, no, great. One thing I'll, I'll just pick up on uh, that you were saying earlier about how it's really difficult to get keepers. Um, I'm At the moment, I'm working with uh, under nines, under tens, and uh, as they come through, uh, um, a lot of the under nines keepers that we have. Um, we I, that we have one really outstanding boy who, as, as a goalie, and uh, it was, I was talking to him before the game the, the last week, and he said, "Oh, uh, you know, Dave, you normally play me just one half. Can I play two halves?" So I said, "Yeah." So um, second half, we're, we're about to start, and this boy's dad comes over and says to me, "Well, Dave, he's playing. I, I don't want him playing two half. He's not really a keeper." And I said, "No, he is. He's an outstanding keeper." And his dad was, "Look, I, you know." I'd rather he wasn't a keeper, and I don't think he wants to be a keeper, and I feel like you're forcing him into it. So I said, look, we'll talk about this afterwards, but do you find that the parents that, uh, that get involved in where you are, or do you have a policy where the parents don't actually get involved in that? Well, the, the, the parents don't, don't get involved with the coach. My role as technical director is I protect the coaches and I protect the committee, so if they've got a complaint about me, they can go to the committee, but I... I, I don't piss people off really easily. I, I get on well with people, and if they've got concerns about their kids, they come to me. You know, I, and look, keepers are hard to find. And we've had a, had a couple of parents come up and say, "My son doesn't want to go and go." And say, "Well, we did a roster for goalkeeper because we're, we struggle to find keepers for every age level." I said, yeah. and say it's his turn." Yeah. You know, and they say, "Well, he, he won't play next week if he's got to go and go." I said, "Well, that's fine. Well, he can go and go the next week when he comes back." So he's got to have his turn and go. So, yeah. So it, it can be a concern for parents and that I, and it can cost the team because some kids who don't want to go and go they won't play they won't they'll, they'll stand there and they'll yeah. uh, excuse yeah. me they'll shit themselves you know they'll, <laughs> they'll stand there and they'll just uh, they won't catch a ball they'll uh, stand stand on the goal line so the goal's massive around them instead of coming off the line when they need to and, and working on angles and that and we do a little bit of work with them all especially if they've not done it before we'll go we'll get there early with them and we'll talk to them about where the, the positioning should be and what kind of things we're looking for them to do yeah I but yeah, so, so parents, I protect my coaches, I keep them back from the coaches, I, I tell them all, if you've got any concerns, come and see me, I'm open to talk to anybody, and I'll listen to anyone's concerns, and I'll listen to anyone's advice, I, I don't know everything, I don't know everything, and parents don't know everything, I, coaches don't know everything, but together, if we all work together, we'll get it right. Yeah, so. sure. Does that also cover um, playing time? So, I mean, I have a policy where I never have the same... Uh, I, well, the, all my players will get the same length of time on the pitch, but I, I always vary. What I find with the kids is if they're the first sub, they think that they're not playing the team. So immediately, even though they, even though they'll get the same playing time because they're first sub, they'll all, they'll always come to me and say, "I'm all, you know, I'm always first sub." So I try to vary the, um, the the person that has to be the first sub on the game. But you know, it can be tricky for some coaches because you do have a variety of developments that are going on in the team. Uh, it can be extremely hard. I, 
but if the kids have played, they've paid the fees the same as everybody else. They deserve the playing time. Yeah. I yeah. what I do try and help the coaches with is if we've got at a community club like a club we're at, we get extreme differences in the ability of the players in some teams. You know, we get some teams, who, some players who think it's going to be a pro one day, and other kids who think should be playing tiddlywinks at home or something, not playing for the ball. I. Yeah. They, they, they've got no ball skills, no no natural movement skills and that, but they've got to play. They pay the money, they play the game, you know, and you work with them, you encourage them, and what I explain to coaches is, don't have all the poor players on at the same time. You know, start the game strong, finish the game strong. Yeah. I, and try and play play them in positions that won't hurt you, so you can go weak down the side, stay strong down the middle. I said, but give them a run. I've, I've been doing the director of coaching course here, and a question came up, and uh, the guy said, if you're coaching under nines or under tens and you, you're a two one up in a cup final he said and you've got two boys on the bench that need that haven't played he said but you know if you put them on it's going to cost you the game do you play them and i said 100 percent you play them you know yeah. but you if you're two one up put them up front put them up front and just defend the last 10 minutes what have you got to do they've got the right to be there and if you're in a cup final they must have played to get you there as well they must have helped get you there so they warned their position they warned their space yeah. So, so you can't drop people for the sake of points, you know. I, as I, I said earlier, uh, a consequence of development that's winning, and take them with you, take them on a journey with you, but don't drop them at the end. For it. Don't don't let them, don't stop them from having a bit of glory. I think the stats in football are seventy-five percent of people play the game never win anything, never right? get promoted, never get yeah. relegated, never do anything to make up the numbers. So if you get a chance of glory, give it to all the kids, give every kid that you can a touch. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, one, one of the uh, problems I do uh, find that a lot of coaches have is when they're, um, it, it's the, the, you know, especially the, the new coaches is when they get, uh, they get to training and they've got that first few minutes because most of them have been told, you know, you only get a certain length of time to talk to, especially at eight, nine, ten, to you know, ten, ten seconds they'll listen to you. But you, you know as well as I do that there's always two or three of them who are going to be not actually who are going to be either talking or thing. And I do find that that is um, for for coaches that is quite a, a heart that the initial start once the sessions go. I do think that that is a really um, a difficult. Uh, Problem for coaches. Do you do you, do you find that? Or, or? I anything with kids is difficult. I, but look, they, I think I think they should all get their equal playing time. We don't communicate with them how much playing time they're going to get. We don't promise anything to anyone. I. But I when I, when I speak to the coaches, I try and say to them make make sure they get a start here and there. Uh, everyone gets a start, and if they get a chance, if they're playing a weaker team, give them a full game. Take the good players off, give them a rest. Some some coaches will keep; they just want to keep at least one or one or two of their best defenders. They'll keep them on the whole game. You know, when you play a lesser team, you get a couple of goals up. Take them off, give them a rest. You know, and you see the parents when you take one of the good players off. They get play all play a whole game. You can see the parents go, "Oh, he's <laughs> taking them off." You, know, yeah. and you think, you know, put a little kid in there. Just tell me, just want me clear the ball, get run with the player, stay with him, just stay with him, take him out of the game. I uh, don't let him get the ball, kick it away if it comes to him, and just mark him on. You know, and so so it creates a space for the other defenders, makes it a bit easier if they're just covering. If they've got one job to do when they go on, if they're just marking a player, and you tell them they did a great job when they come off. They feel great. They feel great. They want to come back and do it again. Yeah. I think their man markers all of a sudden. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's say, 
it's, it's all positive reinforcement, as you know. You, yeah. you, you, you've got to you've got to praise everything they do, you know. But if you give them an individual role to stop someone, for instance, as I say, then then it's, it's up to coaches. They they, they, t- they give them instruction. Yeah. Uh, but we don't we don't tell them you're only going to go on for ten minutes. I want you to do that for ten minutes. You know, say, go and kind of a bit of fun. Go and do your job, help the team, yeah, and uh, see how you go. <coughs> yeah, uh, that's great. So what? So so um, allied to that, if say a player misses training, say a player misses training uh, tw- twice in a row, but he turns up for matches, do you have a do, do you discipline players? Do you have a way of dealing with? Players who won't come to training, or they, they, or, or because their parents can't bring them, or do you? We, we use a team up for the teams, and I we ask for communication if they can't make it. But it's extremely hard to discipline kids mm. if the parents don't get them there. Yeah, yeah, I, you I know, agree. If the parents don't let us know, if they don't come, if, if it happens a couple of weeks in a row, then we'll say, well, hang on, you, you can't just we'll, we'll bench them. You know, put, they play on the bench, you come off the bench, but they'll get playing time. But if they don't turn up twice in one week, uh, and it's and it's unusual, we, we, we can't punish kids when parents don't get them there. It's not the kids' responsibility to get them there. At the, the young ages, it's the parents' responsibility. So you can't you can't just go punishing kids. And you, you might you don't know you might be causing problems at home, you know. So it's not not our role to be doing these things. And uh, if it happens a few times, I might I might chat with the parents and see if we can pick the kid up. If there's something that we can do to help. If there's problems somewhere that we don't know about, if there's anything we can do to help, I can do it to help. Uh, it's, it's, a lot of these things need managed very carefully, yeah, like, like kids do. You know, so we've got to be careful with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, Duncan, you've uh, you you you're director of uh, coaching. How did you start in this? Because you know, getting into coaching and stuff, it's it's quite a difficult uh, occupation to to have. How did you start out? Uh, I played in London, as you know, for many years, and I it was just some boys in the pub wanted to start a team for a Sunday league team. So we started we started a, a new team up, and I, we, we couldn't find a coach. So I, I I put my hand up to do it, and then I did did my, did my it was the base the basic badge and then immediate badge before UA for B and C and this stuff. So when U for A and B came out, it was transferred to a B license. I, I did that and I've just kept educating myself. I worked at Watford's Academy for a while, Barnet Football Club under 17s. I, and I keep learning, I'm here today learning after 30, 36 years as a coach, I'm here still learning. And it's about educating myself, I absolutely love it. It's absolutely madness, I don't know why anybody would want to do it, but it's, because <laughs> oh, it's absolute right. madness at times. But I, those that do, mate, it's a calling, it's a, it's a vocation, you know. So Yeah. I, but yeah, so I did it out of need. And enjoyed it, and just kept developing, and and it, it's, it can it can be hugely stressful. I'm I'm helping football coaches Australia as well. I've done some courses with the LMA on health and well-being for coaches because coaches stress. Coaches a player switches off, finishes the game, finishes training, switches off, goes to the pub, goes away with his mates, forgets about forgets about it until it turns up again. A coach can never switch off. Coach, after the game, he's thinking what went wrong in the game, what went right in the game, what do I need to do at training to put this right, or how can I enhance what yeah, we do well yeah. in training. I, he'll be thinking about his setup, about his team for next week, the next opponent, what's their strong points, what's their weak points, trying to find out what he can about them. And you never switch off as a coach, so it can be quite stressful. Stress that people don't realise they've got. And I, so we're we're working with some stuff. I did some stuff with Dorian Dugmore with the LMA 
which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, if anybody gets a chance to do some of the stuff with the LMA, they should. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff we're looking to bring to Australia to help and guide and advise coaches on their own health and well-being. So, oh, brilliant, yeah, yeah. And so, where do you see football uh, coaches Australia? Where would where will they be ten years time? Oh, I would love to love it to be like this. Uh, with this, this is an amazing setup here at United Coaches. It's a fantastic convention. The people here that you meet and everything. Uh, and I, I, I've been having a ball. You know, it'll take me take me a month to recover. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, all of us. That's <laughs> uh, that's been sensational. Uh, and if we could get to half of this in the future. I, we, we'll, we'll bring some coaches over here, we'll run a tour for coaches next year to come over here, it's in LA, so it's touchable for coaches, it's only one flight from Australia, and uh, if we can get anything like this, we've got a voice on the table now with uh, Football Federation in Australia, so hopefully we can help guide the game into a better situation there and advance the game there. I, it's just, I think Australia is a sleeping giant, if we can get it right, it's such an athletic country. Yeah, I, sure. And if, if Football Coaches Australia can be part of this, it would be sensational. But we need members, we need people to sign up, and with the like helps of people like yourself, I, we'll, we'll get more and more coaches on board, and, and we'll get bigger, we'll get better, we'll get stronger, we'll be able to get more people in to do coach education. I, we'll bring people from the UK, from Europe, from America, to come and do sessions, coach education sessions, and talks with them, we'll do Zoom conferences. And if we can keep doing that, keep educating, the game will get bigger, the game will get better. And you'll be coming to Australia to yeah, do podcasts absolutely. from our convention. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I'd love to, love to, I can't wait. And yeah, uh, yeah I think that, that's, uh, that's really great. And I, I, I really hope it, uh, it all goes well. Um, and so thank you very much for, for today. Thanks for being on the, the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. And I hope the rest of your uh, time at the convention is really good. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Dave. And thanks for putting us out there and help us to get more coaches on board and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your trip mate and good luck and can't wait for Elite Soccer to see the new look of Elite Soccer coming out as well mate so okay, thanks thank you very much mate. much mate yeah cheers cheers mate thanks for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast if you need any more advice on soccer coaching head over to soccercoachweekly.net <laughs>